Welcome to the B-Ball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we are joined with the captain captain of uh, Basketball Index, Tim. Is that is that what's your title? That's the, yeah, that's, that's the official title. Uh, we've got a first mate, um, Taylor, you know, we got guys in the poop deck. No, I, uh, I don't know. I was thinking Founder. like a basketball team, you know, you're like oh, the I got Derek you. Jeter of the, you know, I'm a Mets fan. So I, I reject that premise outright. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not alone today, which is, is good news for me today. We're going to we actually have the draft tomorrow that we're uh, recording here. And uh, we're going to recap the 2018 draft because I think one of the advantages of Basketball Index is we have all this data going back to 2014. And, you know, the draft night happens and then you get all these opinions out there, right, Tim, where everyone's like, you know, this pick was bad, this pick was good, yada, yada, yada. But then no one ever really goes back and does the homework. And a lot of times it's because they don't really have uh, the tools to do it. But Tim, so kind of share with us what we're going to get into this episode and how we're going to sort of rank these players from the draft of 2018. Yeah, so we picked 2018 because it's not so recently that there's still a lot that can happen from a player movement standpoint. It's also not super old and that like, all right, you know, players have clearly separated. It's kind of in that sweet middle ground where we can say like, you know, Luca and Trey Young, like some of these guys, like they've been the top guys and, but there's still opportunity for other players like a Colin Sexton or maybe a Michael Porter Jr. Like with health, you know, in good team situations, like they can rise up, but the way that we're going to be evaluating and I guess for our purposes, ranking them is by looking at their aggregate impact over, over the period of time since they've been drafted. And the way we're doing that is through our, LeBron metric. Uh, so our LeBron metric is per 100 possessions. So if someone plays 2000 minutes or 200 minutes, you know, you can still compare them. Uh, but the aggregate version of that is our BVI war our wins above replacement. Um, it was called wins added, but I think we're going to move towards war because uh, I think that resonates with people a little bit more. It and I, resonates I message with you a bit more. I messaged him about changing this name basically every day. Yeah, so I'm last, being bullied. The last two months? The last <laughs> I, two months, I'd say? I Yeah, I, I've given up the fight, and I'm being bullied into changing this into BBI War. Um, <laughs> and so the, the concept is similar to War in Baseball, where it's comparing what a player is giving you. Compare, it's, it's showing what a player is giving you from a value standpoint in the, the uh, unit of wins, since it's all about wins compared to what a replacement player would give you. And, and for basketball, that's like, what would a G League call-up be giving you if they were to join the team? So it's not versus the average player. It's versus guys who are like fringe NBA players. And so you can look at that. It's in our free LeBron app on the site. It's in our leaderboards tool. It's a metric that we like to use and we'll be using more and more. And it's a really great way for this conversation to contextualize the kind of impact a guy has had Overall, minutes matter. If you've been injured for like three of the four years, you're going to be way lower on here. Um, so, you know, being really good and being able to be really good on a good number of minutes is important because ultimately that that's what leads to the team winning games. And this is a conversation looking at that. This isn't going to necessarily align. I mean, it generally will, but may not necessarily align with who has been the best per hundred possessions um, among these guys over that span because that's a different conversation. Absolutely. So we sort of by uh, BBI war, obviously Lucas at the top far and away. Uh, 
after that, we got Trey Young. Obviously, we've seen him in the postseason. We've seen his just gaudy regular season numbers. After that, Mikhail Bridges, uh, Shea Gilders-Alexander. And then I, I think the first place I want to stop is is the fifth uh, best value from the 2018 draft. Mitchell Robinson, the center from the Knicks, to get that kind of value to be the fifth most valuable player. Because one of the reasons we did this also was this is the end of the rookie contract, right? Where it's like, all right, everyone's going to start getting big money. Like, what kind of value did you get on that rookie contract? And for a franchise like the Knicks, who have been struggling uh, to get a player in the second round, 36th overall, that's been the fifth most impactful player in this draft so far, I I feel like is something that really needs to be highlighted. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's to a certain extent, like if you have top picks, you're expected to get good guys. It's it's the Marvin Bagley's that are more disappointments than like a Jaron Jackson is is a big surprise. Like those are top players from a draft standpoint. So you're expecting there, there's a there's an expectation there that you need to fulfill a guy like Mitchell Robinson, a guy like I mean, he's not in this draft class, but like a Nikola Jokic being found during a, a Taco Bell commercial in the second round, um, <laughs> a guy like Giannis, like those are the players that really give you excess value and teams being able to find those gems is really important. Now, Mitchell Robinson, he's not like a high usage on ball scoring player, but a really good rolling cut big offensively and a strong anchor big defensively with, you know, all the badges, um, gold post lockdown, post move lockdown, gold put back boss, good gold box out guru, silver intimidator, bronze rim protector, and bronze offensive rebound hunter. Like those are all of the skills that make you important as a, you know, offensive, you know, finisher at the rim and garbage man and defensively as a rim protector and and rebounder. And he's been just a star in his role. Um, So like, you know, not being drafted as some future number one or number two option on a team, but just an excellent, excellent role player. And that, and that has value and and credit to the Knicks for finding him. Yeah, I, I as you highlighted those badges, I was like, wow, that is like the ultimate garbage man, like hustle guy. You, you got to love that in a second round pick. And uh, I mean, the, when you have that kind of impact on the defensive end, uh, sometimes it's harder to quantify. And I feel like that's another place where basketball index kind of shines. Uh, moving on, we're going to go a little f- uh, further down the list. Jaron Jackson Jr. He was uh, eighth on BBI war for uh, the 2018 draft. And he is a player that LeBron loves. He is a dominant defensive player. He made our all defensive team this year, uh, shoots the three shoots, uh, free throws really well. So that bodes well for that three point shot developing the future. And he's a player that I I'm really excited about. Yeah. Same here. He's, you know, able to score inside, able to score outside has a little bit of versatility defensively. Um, yeah, I, re- I really like his game, his thing that is going to make or break like, exactly how good he can be defensively is whether or not he can stay out of foul trouble. He was in foul trouble 9.4% of his minutes this season, which was higher than 97% of players in our database. So like, and so that's when he was playing, there was certainly a number of minutes he wasn't playing because he was in foul trouble. So that that's the other piece here where his aggregate impact is held down a little bit because he's taking himself out of games. If he can be playing, really heavy minutes, stay healthy, stay out of foul trouble. This guy, like you mentioned, like a defensive monster. He does a lot of things really, really well. And, you know, is going to be on some of those real life, you know, all NBA defensive teams, um, you know, player shot about 14% worse at the rim when he was contesting their shots compared to, you know, what they were expected to score. That's 
That's wild. He was in the 99th percentile on our rim protection metric overall in terms of like saving points at the rim. He was a highly impactful rim defender. He can get blocks on the outside. He's got some perimeter defense. You know, he's he's active and successful in mobile screen coverages. He does a really good job defensively. And offensively, his game just continues to grow. We saw glimpses of it during the playoffs, but he's still in a way a little raw there, but just you know, solid impact so far with, to me, a lot of upside. If he can clean up the uh, fouls defensively and offensively can continue to craft his game, get that three-point shot up a little bit better, get that self-creation up a little bit more. He's flashed some playmaking. We see his playmaking, you know, peripheral stats, pretty solid. So if he can continue to develop that, improve his defensive rebounding a little bit, put on some more weight, he's going to be a star in this league potentially. And he's only, he was in his age 22 season this year. So he's a really young guy as well. Yeah. He missed most last year with an injury. And I feel like he's just like the modern big man, right? Mm -hmm. Super mobile, switchable, can space the floor on offense. There's just a lot to like there. Uh, Moving on. We have Jalen Brunson. He was another second round pick. So he was ninth in BBI war in this draft class taken in the second round. I love him. I did a tape study on him, I think two weeks ago. And he just, the amount of giddy up in his step, his ability to get to the rim, his ability to finish. I think he had a top 25. So we have a, a mid-game talent grade, which is basically like your pull-ups, your floaters, everything in the, in the mid-game. He had a top 25 season all time in our database. And uh, it, it checked out on the tape. And I've been really impressed by him. I feel like he's another a guy they can add, you know, continue to have re-sign as a free agent this year. Hopefully the Mavericks add that secondary scoring punch next to Luca, so it's not just the Luca show all the time. And I, I mean, just thinking about it now, this was a fantastic draft for Dallas. They got Brunson and Luca. That's insane value. Yeah, that's nuts. He's he's been really really good. And like you mentioned, that that middle game is is really where he thrives. Uh, gold teardropper batch, gold pull up assassin batch. Like he's he's kicking butt in in some of those areas that are pretty differentiating and, and finishes well through him as well. Gold giant slayer batch, silver contact finisher batch. Like he's a tough dude coming out of Nova. He's pretty sound technically, um, and you know he's a smaller guy. He's a weaker defender, but offensively gives you a lot and is part of the reason people were trying to fistfight us about our like all NBA teams this year because Luca's impact wasn't as high as you'd think it would be given his levels of talent just because the Mavs had like the Mavs played you know just as well if not better with Brunson uh you know uh, taking the keys to the offense when Luca wasn't playing this year and Brunson's just really, really good. <laughs> so it, it's, you know, it wasn't some weird wonky advanced stats thing. It said that in the advanced stats. It said that in the basic stats. Um, and like, if that's the case, I don't know what you want us to do about it. Exactly. <laughs> like we adjusted for all the things to adjust for. Um, and it just speaks to how strong Brunson is and how, you know, positive he can be as an offensive player in this league. Yeah, I I really I really like his game a lot. The footwork is really there. Turnarounds in the key, uh, step throughs. Like he's got a pretty like uh, significant uh, kind of like evolved mid to you know kind of in the, in the key game, and I really like him a lot for such a young player. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving down the list, so this is DeAnthony Melton. This is someone that LeBron loves. The metric, I don't know about the player. So he was 12th in BBI war for this draft class. He was drafted 46th overall. And LeBron is projecting him to be out like a defensive monster for his career. And uh, I think the Grizzlies like really got a, a fantastic role player in him. 
Yeah, absolutely. He was drafted into a good situation in Memphis. Um, he came into the league with a strong defensive reputation, and, and that's really panned out. When we use our leaderboards tool and we compare him with guards this season, in our D-LeBron metric, he's got an A+. Matchup difficulty, A-, on-ball defense, A-, ball screen navigation, B+, off-ball chaser defense, A. Like, just solid all around with all the perimeter defensive things. He's also a very good defensive playmaker. He generates activity. He generates fast breaks for his team's offense. So it's he's just such a good role player to have as a movement shooter on offense and then defensively being able to take over at the, at the point of attack. So he's someone I think is just a really, really solid guy that Memphis is lucky to have in that rotation. And I'd love to see him even play a, a little bit more because his, his talent's there. The skills are there. Um, and, and, you know, from looking at this list, we see that the impact's been there as well. And then just kind of running down the list. So at 13th, 14th in value in the draft, Miles Bridges, he's, uh, we were actually talking about him before the podcast, just an electrifying player who's a lot of fun. He's definitely on the upswing. We'll see where he ends up in the league. I think that's going to be one of the more interesting stories. He's a restricted free agent this year. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., really great shooter, has missed quite a bit of time with a back injury, but when he has played, he has been a pretty good player. Robert Williams, we saw him in this uh, finals run with the Celtics really high impact defensive player. And they've all kind of been, I'm not going to say middle of the road, but they've been impactful players. They haven't been stars like Luca, but they also haven't been just, you know, absolute swings and misses like the Marvin Bagley's of the world. You've been getting value out of those picks. And I think those players remain intriguing. Other guys in there, Gary Trent Jr., Kevin Herter. And I feel like uh, that middle tier is where analytics really shines, where it's like, all right, we're collecting data on these guys. We've seen them, you know, what they can do on the court. And uh, I, I think that, ability to be like hey these guys haven't been superstars because sometimes that can be you know kind of obvious and these guys haven't been you know riding the bench i feel like having the uh the bbi war to kind of set them in the middle of like all right these are intriguing players i like what they've done and uh these guys are maybe you know worth it for you know somewhere in the trade market you know in the extension area of a team like i feel like there's a lot of uh, interesting things here in the middle of the uh draft yeah no absolutely and you just named a bunch of guys that if they could add just like one key skill to their game, I think we could see them really lift off and, and ascend up this list as well. Um, you know, whether it's Bridges and his his three-point shot or Herder with some more, you know, 1v1 juice and, and a little bit more playmaking. Uh, Williams, obviously an excellent defender if he can add a little bit more to his offensive game. Like all, like you mentioned, very, very solid players. I would, up to this point, everyone we've mentioned, uh, I'd be really happy to have on my team as, as a Lakers fan that's, you know, <laughs> lacking talent. Um, all really promising young guys that I think have great futures in this league and each have their own, you know, all their, their own bag of skills that they've really been able to lean on. And the the guys at the very, very top, the Lucas, the Trey Youngs, like they have like the full holistic set they're very well rounded at least offensively um because those are two guys who are weaker on the defensive end but these are all guys that i think if they had like an outlier year of growth in you know a specific area we could see them suddenly be worth a lot more money so they're you know still lingering around in terms of like being able to jump into some of those higher tiers but as is are very solid players and then the last guy I wanted to touch on was Jarrett Vanderbilt. He is 21st in BBI war in this draft class, but he was selected 41st overall. So uh, great value there for the uh, Timberwolves. 
And Tim, this guy can rebound. And it's like not a lot of times you see a forward like jump off the screen for his rebounding ability. Where like I don't know what he's going to end up as as like a player fully developed. But like if I'm bringing up someone's rebounding ability on a podcast uh, of a, a second round pick, it's it's got to be something. Yeah, no, d- defensively, he's he's a stud. I mean, 95th percentile matchup difficulty, 96th percentile versatility. Like, he's playing a hard job, and he's doing really, really well with it as a perimeter defender, as a shot blocker, uh, rebounding on both ends of the court. Uh, like, his, his offensive, his real adjusted offensive rebounding rate, which is kind of the impact on the team's ability to succeed offensively rebounding, not just him individually, but when he's on court, how he impacts their team performance – He's in the hundredth percentile, like way, way up there. And like individually, he crashes the hell out of the glass. He converts really well. He gets a ton of putbacks. So he demands extra attention and that opens up chances for teammates. So in addition to him being really good, he's also making life easier for his Minnesota uh, teammates to crash the glass. And, and that's why he has the kind of impact he does. So, you know, it's it's neat seeing the individual stats, the team stats, the the context stats really align for him. He just really has to add to that offensive game. If he can just become a, you know, just a bit of a better dump off player, uh, I think that would really, really help him right now. You know, he, he has an F finishing talent grade. That's, that's not going to cut it. He needs to up that rim shot making. And if he can do that as a rolling cut big, I think offensively he suddenly has a, a jump in value. Because right now he already has an A minus defensive LeBron that C minus offensive LeBron is, is really where I think the opportunity for growth is for him. All right. So I feel like, uh, you know, I hit on most of the players I want to talk about here. So Tim, I have this thing where, uh, you know, like one place scouting, you'll see someone do something and you'll just be like, Whoa. And then that'll <laughs> stick in your head forever. And you're like, that guy's, that guy's always got a chance in my head. Yeah. Uh, I have this for great names. Now, I don't really have any. I know we're, you know, we have a lot of data here. I don't have any data to back this up, but I would have thought a guy like Shake Milton with a name that good. He's been overall about a replacement level player over his career. But a name like Shake Milton, like, oh, man, how do you, how do you say no to something like that? It's great. That is very marketable. I... <laughs> Well, unfortunately for him, he's 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 playing basketball, and he's not just <laughs> a name. I don't know. Like he's he's okay. I don't I don't know what you. I'm not going to say anything disparaging about the guy, but he he has some holes in his game that hold down his you know his minutes and his impact a bit. But you know, I, I, I don't know where was he drafted. Like mm. I lost him in the, I lost him in the spreadsheet. I don't know where he is. Okay. He got drafted 27th. Okay, I mean, eh. or sorry, don't no, excuse no, me. No, sorry, he got drafted. Pick. Sorry, fifty four, yeah, fifty four. Yeah, okay. That's, I that's mean, with fine. a name like that, the draft's wrapping up. You're like, maybe I'll take someone with a name like that. That really pops off the paper, you know? Yeah, I mean, you gotta sell tickets. You gotta fill seats, and if <laughs> you know you're betting on two guys that are kind of, you know, you don't know what you're getting from them, go with the guy with a better name. You're I'm sorry. Are you first. gonna? Are you gonna? Are you gonna draft Shake? Milton, or are you going to draft Jacob Evans? You know, it's eh, like it, it, one, it's one's easy easier one than me. the other. Right. Uh, if anyone's wondering, this is basically what the Slack uh, BBI chat is all the time. It's Tim trying to get work done and me just <laughs> talking about random things, sending random Twitter links, uh, finding obscure clips of player taking bad shots that I've never heard of. And that that's pretty much the basketball index uh, Slack chat. Would that be correct, Tim? Yeah, it's it's a fun place to hang out. <laughs> all right uh is there anyone you want to touch on before we get out of here 
Um, one guy that's really high up on the list that we haven't really dug into as much is Mikkel Bridges, who is third in this draft class and is third ahead of guys who are more like top options on their teams. Um, and I think that's noteworthy. Like he's, he's a stationary shooter offensive role that having the kind of impact he's had is a testament to his defense. It's a testament to like, he's a solid finisher. He's a solid shooter. He's added to his game. We've seen the Suns give him a little bit more and more opportunity to do things offensively. I mean, he got a bronze one-man wrecking crew badge this year. He He's more than just a role player, but he's been used as a role player just to fit within their offense. So he's someone that is already a solid contributor and has had a lot of impact. And keep in mind, another big piece here with him is he's super, super durable and he's played a ton of minutes. So that's a big piece of this as well. But when you've got a guy who has, you know, a goal transition phenom badge, he's making plays that on that end of the court defensively, he's making plays left and right in terms of, you know, whether it's chasing guys around screens, navigating on ball screens, uh, just, just on ball defense or generating steals, a minus grade there. Like he's, he's all over the court and I want to keep an eye on him these next couple of years. Cause I think as like Chris Paul ages and maybe is, you know, retires or phases out, Bridges is one of the guys that I think has more juice than he gets credit for just because it's not part of the job and he, and he sacrifices for the good of the team, but he's, he's got a little bit more to him and, and, He's already third on this list. I would be curious to see where he is on this list in another three or four years if he has a little bit more opportunity. So he's someone that I started to do some tape study on a few days ago, actually. And uh, because I saw him, I was actually making a graphic that will be on Twitter soon. I was making a graphic uh, for this data. And that guy has pool noodles for arms. They are (laughs) so long. It is unreal. Uh, Yeah, like good. His efficiency is unreal. Uh, His ability to finish in transition. Pretty good shooter, like you said. But one thing that really, really, uh, you know, jumped out to me was once the team was in scramble mode, which actually the Suns are pretty good at like setting their defense up and, and staying out of that. But mm-hmm. when they were in scramble mode, he was unbelievable at rotating to shooters and the ability to uh, identify where the ball was going to go and identify like what his uh, job was. And then to be able to close out at like his acceleration was really impressive. And also that length, like he really leveraged the length he had really well. And I found that to be like super impressive. It was the same thing when I was watching Herb Jones earlier this year, I feel like they did a really great job closing out to shooters, rotating correctly, and then not even rotating on time. Sometimes like having those like midichlorians to like start doing it, maybe a, like a half step quicker. And I, I was just really impressed with it. I love the bit of glory and shout out. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that tracks. I remember. So asking, uh, you know, t- Tim sources, what, what did you think of Jalen Brunson as, you know, Ed Villanova? And it was like, oh yeah, our first impression was like, oh wow, this guy can really ball. And, and I was like, oh, what were the first impressions of Mikhail Bridges? And, and they're like, oh, well, this guy's got really long arms. Like it wasn't like he's really good. It's just like, this dude is long. This guy's got crazy length. And, and it, you know, he's added to his game more and more and still has that crazy length. And like you're saying, like, it's just a vacuum in terms of creating turnovers, but then also rotates really, really well. And like you mentioned, you know, is even really strong from a, you know, conceptualizing what's about to happen and, and rotating over in anticipation. That's the kind of stuff that unlocks your ability to be a playmaker defensively. 
Absolutely. All right, so that's going to recap our recap of the 2018 draft class. Tim, thank you for joining me. If you want to follow Tim, he has great insights on Twitter at CranjusMcBasketball. Uh, if you want to complain about the show, my Twitter handle is TaylorMetrics. And uh, we'll see you next week on the Basketball Index Podcast.